0: Welcome to the outcast by SamLoose.com, Episode 11, how do you reopen your kids' ministry after COVID? You have to start by understanding that this situation is unlike anything we've ever faced as a church or as a nation. Never in the history of the church has there been six to eight weeks where the church has not gathered. How do you go from online services to meeting in person again? How you come back will depend on your site regulations, your, your church's policies, your leadership team. What I'm suggesting here are the steps that our church is planning on implementing in the coming weeks and months. We stop church quickly, but we have to have a plan to come back slowly. Phase one, families worshiping together. This phase is a good way to ease your families back to church. For most churches, you'll need to find out how many kids will be returning and how many volunteers are planning on coming back. For us, this phase is gonna be one to four weeks. Phase two, families sing together. This phase is how we can deal with more kids coming back and restarting kids' ministry, even with a smaller volunteer base. How will phase two work in your church? We will be dismissing kids after we sing songs. In a large room, we will show our kids' TV show, videos that we have made that fall along with the theme of our lesson. We'll keep producing these as well, at least to the end of the year, for families who cannot or will not be able to come to church. This allows for our kids to learn together in an age-appropriate way and with only using a smaller group of volunteers. Phase three, combine classes and set room limits. This phase will allow for a greater amount of kids to come and more volunteers coming, but still limiting the number of kids in a room to keep social distancing standards for kids. I know that politicians are asking for three-year-olds to wear masks, but I'm pretty sure most politicians don't have three-year-olds because that probably is not going to happen. Three-year-olds are beautiful little tornadoes. Questions you might have. Question number one, how do we enforce social distancing with kids? I don't think you can. For us, we're going to try to, to do it through limiting class sizes, but I don't know if you can, and I'm not sure the long-term ramifications of drilling social distancing into kids is good for them or society in long-term. You can see the effects of, our, of isolation on our own kids, and you can read about it online. From the website, noisolation.com, they said this, When a person is socially isolated, as is the basic human need, the body will perceive the situation as a threat. During the time of the active stress response, the brain will release multiple stress hormones to protect the body from danger. The release of these hormones is needed for the person to react towards the current stress factor and resist the possible harm. However, the body cannot release these stress hormones and protect the body from stressful situations for an unlimited amount of time. Having an active stress response over an extended period of time has been proven to increase the risk of developing cardiovascular disease, elevated blood pressure, infectious illness, cognitive deterioration, and mortality. These are the physical consequences of being prone to stress over time, and they are typically experienced even into adulthood. Question 2. What can we do to help kids that come to church? love them clean the surfaces that they that they come in contact with before they come and after they leave give them normality in a world that is filled with stress-filled chaos kids need to know that there is life after covid zoom isn't forever kids need a place that's safe but they also need hope and they need church and they need the church to be and to do what the church has done for 1800 years run to those who are hurting We want to make sure we do everything we do, that we, we need to make sure that we do everything to take seriously the situation that we're presently in. But as we reopen, we must ask ourselves, what is the price that kids are paying? A generation of kids is growing up with more anxiety than ever. How can the church serve kids? We can point them to Jesus. We can remind them what scripture teaches them and what the Heidelberg Catechism so beautifully states. Question number one, what is our only comfort in life and death? The answer is I am not my own but I belong body and soul both life and death to my faithful Savior Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the power of the devil. He also preserves me. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore by his holy spirit he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. We can teach our kids to cast our cares upon God because he cares for them. This isn't an oversimplification of a complex issue. It's the heart of the Christian faith. In Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat was facing certain death. The Bible said he was absolutely terrified, he was afraid. It says in Second Chronicles 20 that Jehoshaphat was afraid. He set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against the great horde that has come against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The greatest gift we can give kids in the middle of this crisis, like nothing we've ever seen over the last 100 years, is the gift of prayerful dependence on God. Whatever we do, we must teach our kids that it's okay to be afraid. We must show our kids where to turn when they're afraid. And finally, when all else fails, when we reach the end of our good ideas, and when we reach the end of what we know what to do, we must admit that we don't know what to do and confess to God that our eyes are on Him. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you.